Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello there. Coming up on the podcast today, Sierra Noble from Silo Mission puts a bow on knickers and kickers for us. Richard Cluche joins us on the Civic Election. Big day coming up Monday. Details with Richard on the podcast. Dr. Cyrus Dirksen joins us. And I'm going to have a bit of fun with Bob Irving. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. Well, uh, thank you very much for all your help yesterday with knickers and kickers. If you missed the final tally, let me give it to you. 2023 knickers, or pairs of underwear, kickers, or socks, 5,902 pair, and $4,078.85 in cash. Fantastic. Thanks for your help. Really appreciate it. So over the four years, Knickers and Kickers has been around four years. The four-year totals are this. Knickers, 8,390. Kickers, 19,408. And cash, $8,552.66. So again, fantastic. All for Silo Mission. And uh, over at Siloam, I don't want to talk too much about knickers and kickers. What I want to do is talk about the impact now that what we did yesterday will have over at Siloam Mission. One of the communications officers over there is Sierra Noble, and she joins us on the phone now. Hi, Sierra. So tell me about this. Why are you at Siloam? When did you get there? Just quickly tell us what's going on with you because you have a lot of fans out there. Yeah, well, I, um, I've i been at Salome for a few months now. And, you know, as many people know, like, giving back to the community, especially those who are marginalized, has always been a huge part of my life. Yeah. Um, some people may remember my start in community work when I was just a kid and a young teenager um, with war-affected refugee youth and mm-hmm. families before my music career even really started. But I've just always really been important to give for everyone when you can in whatever way that you can and if that's not financially then with your time and that can look like you know donations volunteering or even just raising awareness having a conversation amongst your friends and family and community and um salome has just always been such an incredible organization in winnipeg and that'll only continue to to grow in in truth with uh with our extended reach and impact and we're um, we're coming up on a big expansion so the impact on the community will just keep growing and i'm just incredibly proud to be here well and good for you for doing it and uh i mean you're right that that, that says so much about who you are and who you have been in the past. So good for you uh, making a difference. And that's what we tried to do with Knickers and Kickers yesterday. Talk about the impact. Talk about the impact down at Siloam now. Yeah. So with the, even just with the number of socks that we collected yesterday at Polo and at KP, um, we have enough socks to last almost three months here at Siloam. So there's, Thousands of socks, as you said uh, in the intro. Um, so it's so such an amazing donation, but and it covers us for a few months. But there, as we know, winter in Winnipeg is not only a few months long. So if people are out there and they feel like, oh darn, I missed yesterday, please don't feel like you missed anything. Yeah. Um, the donation bins at KP at Guest Services will be there all through the weekend. 
but we are here at Salome every day of the week, seven days a week. You can make donations of socks and underwear, um, new package, please, um, but also any other gently used clothing, especially winter gear right now as the weather starts cooling down. Every year, um, I started a couple years ago, every year at around holiday time, uh, I usually get a mailer from you guys, and I mm-hmm. uh, send off a, a check, w- whatever I can do. Uh, it, it's not much, but it's something. And you guys are so good at taking a dollar and stretching it. And while Knickers and Kickers yeah. yesterday was about Knickers and Kickers, a lot of cash came in, and I know you guys can do a lot with cash. Like, I think you've got a hot holiday meal down to something like $3, right? A $3 contribution. $3.11. Yeah, yeah. which so is crazy. a long way. Yeah, so if people, yeah, even, you know, still want to help. $5, we'll feed a couple people. Right. Yeah, so if people want to help, you know, it's as easy as dropping off $5 or look for that mailer or especially around the holidays. And, and not that you're in a competitive business, but, you know, there are lots of great causes out there, as you know, Sierra. And Siloam mm-hmm. is just one of them, but it's a great one. And I would encourage people to help out, especially over the holidays. It's an important time of year. Thank you, Hal. That's really, really appreciated. Yeah, we do everything that we can with every dollar we get. And we say it all the time, but we'll keep on saying it. Um, We just really want people to know that even coming by with $5 is just as valued and just as important as somebody coming with a much larger donation. So I think some of us feel maybe like we're not doing enough or embarrassed to just come by with a small donation, but it truly truly changes lives. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the expansion. Talk a bit about the future, the the short-term uh, future over at, at Siloam, because lots is happening. There really is, yeah. So we have um, our Make Room Capital campaign still going. Um, we are still a few million dollars short of our, our financial goal to make that happen. Um, but we have an expanded shelter Um, So we're adding quite a number of beds to our shelter so that we can keep even more Winnipeggers uh, experiencing homelessness safe and warm and protected from the elements and uh, and just feeling some dignity. Um, We're also expanding our transition services program, which is things like counseling and job readiness programs. Housing first, so helping people find their their own home again, so that they can live independently and with dignity, and just uh, move on from this tough period of their life. Sierra, thanks a lot so for doing this. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I interrupted you. Thanks a lot for okay. doing this, and uh, hopefully we can. Uh, but the music career continues, right? Absolutely. Good. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> keep us informed on that, too, and I'd love to have you in here sometime to maybe perform for us. I know you've been on Jeff Courier's show a lot, but you're welcome here anytime, and anytime you need some help with something at Silo Mission, you know how to get a hold of me. We appreciate that so much. Thank you, Hal. Thank you, Sierra. Appreciate it. Sierra Noble, Thank communications you. officer over at Silo Mission, and, of course, an incredible artist as well. Possibility as we head to the news at 1.30. Sierra Noble.
talk a bit about the civic election campaign here with Mr. Richard Cloutier. Some great content coming up on Monday, Rich. Maybe give us a tease as to what you have coming up on uh, on Monday for us. 10 o'clock hour with Jeff Courier. Uh, Sit-down interviews with uh, all three main candidates, Bowman, Motluck, and uh, Dyack, mm-hmm. with Heather Steele and myself. And we went out and had coffee with the candidates Excellent. downstairs at Cora's. Mm-hmm. And ask them wide-ranging questions, everything about why they want the job, leadership, mm-hmm. those types of issues, and uh, you know, found out which candidates uh, are coffeeholics, which ones don't really like coffee, but yeah. they like tea. Yeah. Some of the fun side, but getting at the root of the promises. Sure. Hey, before you get into this and we play a couple of clips here, um, I got to ask you, after having coffee or tea or whatever... With the three of them, just the just the process of having coffee with them. Who did you enjoy visiting with the most? The oh. issues aside, all that stuff aside, politics, everything. Good question. Um, and I can find uh, reasons to have coffee with all three of them. I've known Brian Bowman for several years. We used to yeah. have him on when he was uh, a lawyer, a, a lawyer yeah. talking about digital issues, etc. And uh, so we've seen each other over the years at various uh, social events. He's got mm-hmm. a young family, those types of things. Maybe that's an unfair question for me to ask. Well, but I was just curious who you who you really, after you sat with him, you went, oh, that was really an enjoyable, you know. I, I learned a lot more, and as you'll discover on Monday, about Tim Dyack. And mm-hmm. uh, at, at some point, I felt that I had to interrupt him. And asked him one of the big questions about why he is running. And uh, that'll be Monday morning in the 10 o'clock hour with Jeff Courier. And uh, with Jenny, she's interesting because I think she's a lot more personable yes. than she comes across. I agree. I think uh, within the context of a lot of the, uh, and there really haven't been any debates per se, but of mm-hmm. the joint appearances that they've had, yeah. she's been kind of the the the... the, the portrayed or come across as a bit snarky than yeah. than she actually is. There's perception and then there's reality, right? Well, and I find that with all politicians, mm. is that um, there are a few politicians, the perception is spot on. Yeah, yeah they really are a-holes. <laughs> but um, with most of them, they are yeah. committed to public service and want to serve. Mm. You got a couple clips for us? Who do you want to go with here first? This is... Um, uh, co- part of a conversation, just a 30-second clip, yeah. um, with with Jenny in the sense that one of the problems I think that she has had in her campaign is that she's made a lot of promises, but do the promises add up? We need to redirect our priorities because there is a limit to how much we have, and I believe that Winnipeggers are ready to focus on the things that are most important. But is there a number that you can associate with your tax increase, the freezes, that people can understand, okay, this is the magic number of my promises. I haven't seen that number. Well, there is, there is no magic number of the promises, as I've said, right? But what I do know is that we have identified different funding sources for the other projects. And this there, is a there great, is a magic number. Right. And this is a great question because we're hearing that, you know, she's our taxes uh, won't go up under her as much. And she's making a lot of promises. I mean, at some point, the numbers have to add up. And I know a lot of people are looking at it, just glancing and going, I don't think this adds up. You have to cost it out yeah. thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <clears throat> candidates can always say, well, I don't have access to the books. Well, the books are available. Yeah. 
and uh, revenue streams can be a, a little bit difficult sometimes to interpret. Mm-hmm. That's one of the vulnerabilities, I think, of, of her campaign. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, Brian Bowman, uh, you know, he said, and we hear this from politicians, I'm not a career politician. I'm not here for that long. Mm-hmm. And certainly, I don't expect him to be around for more than maybe three terms mm-hmm. if he were to run again and if he There's were no to limit, win. There's no limit in the city of Winnipeg. No. And, uh, but he did say to us that uh, he wouldn't outstay his welcome. Uh, I was a business lawyer beforehand. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting out of the limelight at some point. You don't do this job for fame or fortune. You know, it's, uh, I had somebody tell me once, if you get into politics for ego, you'll jump out of it to save what's left of it. And it's a really good line because, you know, you do this because you want to make a difference. And I have no doubt every candidate for council, every candidate for mayor has that same intent. They all care about the city. And uh, I, I, give, uh, I give them a lot of credit for having the courage to put their name on the ballot. And so- and he was a bit more reflective, especially coming in as a mayor and uh, uh, alienating some of the key business people in this city. Yeah. He really alienated At the start, Mark yeah. Chipman mm-hmm. and some of the other people who have committed to building this city, not only on the business side, but on the philanthropic side. And you don't hear about what a lot of these business people do behind the scenes, mm-hmm. but they are supporting causes. And Mayor Bowman came in and I think, you know, he looked at the books at City Hall and some of the practices and saw what was going on with the Cates administration and he labeled everybody within that context and Mm -hmm. he offended a lot of people and he's managed to get some of that back but not all of it because he's certainly not a favorite among some of the development community in the city as Mm -hmm. far as impact fees are concerned. Uh, So... You know, the, the the key question here is, I think this is an election that uh, Portage in Maine is an issue with people that I think that have driven people to the advance polls. We've said record number of people voting in the advance polls. It's that more accessible now. So if those people are coming out and voting no on Portage in Maine, are they voting yes for Brian Bowman or for the other candidates? Crime and the meth crisis, certainly an issue here. Tim Dyack has pitted his hopes on on, on crime. Mm-hmm. Are Is he gaining votes as a result of this? Because clearly, see, I think he's running for police chief, not for mayor of Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. He wants to be mayor, but every he's so very passionate about police and he knows yeah. the intricacies of the police service and is really charged to talk about that. You get him talking about some of the other topics, he's not as motivated on mm-hmm. that side. Uh, so I'll be fascinated to see what happens on on Wednesday because often sleepy campaigns, yeah. there can be wake-up calls, mm-hmm. big wake-up calls. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if when that vote starts coming in, it was a boring, sleepy campaign or will there be surprises? And I've said this now over the past few days to others and, uh, and maybe to you as well. I think uh, depending on how the council races end up, that might be the big story that comes from the election. Well, one of the issues that we address with all three candidates is working together. And Bowman certainly in this interview says that, yeah, I'll sit down with with Janice Lukes and try to, you know, repair that relationship. He does take uh, shots at Jeff Berwati. And uh, so he's obviously, and in politics, you make your enemies, right? But you usually don't tell people. Right. That. Yes. And maybe you don't like talking to somebody, but you usually talk to them or at least pretend to talk to them. Yeah. And I think maybe that's Bowman's fault. He's honest to a fault. Maybe. In in that way. But certainly 
when you're a mayor, you have to, because you owe your existence. You're a creature of government. You're a creature of the provincial government. So, you know, has he repaired the relationship with Premier Pallister? Well, depending on who you talk to, at least he's not being as negative about Pallister. Mm. They need the province on many, many issues. And depending on how this all shakes down, uh, come Thursday, he needs nine votes. Bowman needs nine votes at council. Will those nine who are elected uh, support him on various issues? Because he's certainly made some enemies around that table that will likely be back on Thursday. Well, on the other night, a handful of, we've got all the wards and all the candidates on the big whiteboard in the newsroom there. And a few of us the other night were sort of, you know, well, if this happens, if that happens, it, it, it depending on what happens, yeah. it could be tight for Bowman to have a council that's going to be friendly to him. And he has to show the leadership to adapt to that. Right. That if, uh, and I think he will, mm. The carrot of executive policy committee is that you have some power, you have a little few extra dollars your way, Mm -hmm. and that's always been the carrot here at at City Hall. Um, So I'll be fascinated to see what happens and uh, whether or not we'll get that 50% plus turnout. I certainly hope people wake up because there's a very interesting campaign going on. Well, and these people that are going to be elected affect your day-to-day life more than any other politician at any other level of government. It's about garbage pickup. It's about your property taxes. It's about 911. Mm -hmm. It's all about those things, the very basic city services. So get out, uh, listen Monday morning, 10 10 o'clock, and it'll be on global television as well, excerpts of it, and we'll put all of it, all of it on the web. and thanks to the fine folks at Chorus downstairs. Yeah, they're great. They really are just really nice people, and it's good food and a great place uh, for us to have meetings. When we have to have meetings, we don't have to go too far. Uh, thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. So 10 a.m. Monday morning, Jeff Courier kicks off his show with a whole hour of Bowman, Makaluk, and Dyack, and then Jeff will open up the phones at 11 o'clock and take your thoughts. And then, of course, I'll be on right after the 1 o'clock news, and we'll continue to have that conversation and replay some of the stuff that you might have missed between 10 and 11 here on CJOB. (laughs) Dr. Cyrus Dirksen is here looking sharp as heck today. Wow, Doc, what's going on? You got a job interview? Um, yeah. or? I thought I should dress it up a little bit. Very nice. <laughs> you clean up nice, Doc. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we got a few things to talk about today. Uh, looking forward to this. There's a couple that really interest me. Um, let me find my list here. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Um, noise. Can we talk about noise first? Noise, the other pollution hurting our health. Noise, explain. This one's a little personal for me. Uh, maybe that's too strong. You know, as a psychologist, there's there's only a couple parts of me that have to work in order to work, and one of them is my ears. And so I have run into therapists kind of in their elder years, and they haven't heard very well. And ah. uh, even they were unwilling to get hearing aids. Yeah, because you got to hear you what the patient is saying. <laughs> you got to hear. <laughs> so I remember that being very funny. We had this guest lecturer into the or guest therapist, you know, famous person into the university one time when I was a student. And, uh, you know, we were kind of excited to talk to him and, you know, some people were kind of doing mock therapy with him and, and, uh, it was just interesting that he couldn't hear very well. (laughs) Yeah. So it's important when your patient says, I hate my mother (laughs) and you go, it's just down the hall. (laughs) You got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so helpful. Not so helpful. (laughs) 
He had a good smile, but <laughs> yeah. So, but but explain. So, uh, noise. What's their point here with the headline? Noise, the other pollution hurting our health. Well, the uh, you know people know that like loud noises can hurt your ears, and that's kind of what I was talking about. They're talking yeah. here about kind of. A nuisance noise, I think, uh, and almost stuff that people don't even realize is in their lives and how maybe having a bit more of an effect on you than you think. And so they were talking about people in Europe and they were saying that um, 40% of residents in European Union are exposed to traffic noise exceeding 55 decibels and Mm. uh, 65% of European uh, people are exposed to unhealthy levels of noise. And, um, you know, how this can affect a person, uh, you know, affect their ears but also just affect their mental health. And they're kind of making a point that this is uh, something that's that's important. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, it's not something that I normally think of. I, you know, it's not on yeah. my questionnaire of things to see if somebody's depressed. Well, have mm-hmm. you been having a lot of nuisance noise in your life? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are uh, yeah. in their everyday lives. And one thing that I do ask about is sensory sensitivity. You know, sometimes people are more sensitive to noise than others. Mm-hmm. It goes along with some disorders like autism. And uh, just because you're sensitive, sensitive to sounds doesn't mean that you are autistic, but it is kind of one of the symptoms that can go along with it. Mm-hmm. And some, for some, even uh, small amounts of noise or uh, relatively small amounts of noise can be uh, very upsetting and stressful. Yeah. And so, um, you know, for others, uh, it takes a little more, but it can be similarly stressful. And uh, it's something that can affect some uh, some of us. I think too, you know, uh, when you're having one of those days, you know, and there's no people are talking, it really can sort of. Mm-hmm. I can see where it would affect your mood if you were dealing with it on a regular, ongoing basis. That's right. I mean, it can. Uh, I mean, if you talk about intermittent noise, it can mm-hmm. affect your sleep. I've had a client come in, and I don't think I appreciated the extent of this problem, uh, thinking back on it. Uh, but he had a real trouble with a dog next door that would bark. And, um, I don't remember if it barked at night. Uh, but you know, those kinds of things when it's intermittent, you can't predict it. It's not steady. Um, like a noise machine, it can really disturb your sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, apparently just learned this today, uh, trains are harder to get used to than other background noises. Mm. So people are more bothered by trains than things like traffic or airplanes. Um, but like a dog in particular is going to wake you up. But even during the day, kind of this background noise can bother you. And I think, I mean, when I think about this, uh, you know, you think about getting uh, away, you know, going on vacation. And one of the big things about being on vacation sometimes is, uh, wow, it's quiet. Yes. You know, and uh, you get to the lake and and we don't always think we're being annoyed by the noise, Mm -hmm. but then when there's no more noise, all of a sudden we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, and if we think we've got it bad here in Winnipeg, what about a city like New York, you know, oh, or something goodness. like that yep. where you've got trains going all the time and crowds and yep. people and cars. So, I mean, I guess, you know, depending on, on where you're at, it can, it can certainly be be worse or, or better. Hey, let me ask you uh, something not on our agenda sure. for today. Uh, we got a couple more subjects to get to, but yesterday <laughs> we had Knickers and Kickers, and I was talking to Sierra Noble from Silo Mission on oh, the show okay. today, raising, uh, well, money, but we also took in underwear and socks for Silo uh, Mission. Nice. But I wanted to ask you about giving. Uh, Why yes. do we feel better when we give? I said this <laughs> yesterday. It's hard on Knickers and Kickers Day around here not to have a smile on your face. It's right. a longer day. Mm-hmm. Everybody works harder. There's no reason really to smile other than we know we're kind of doing good mm-hmm. with the help of our listeners, obviously, who donate. Yep. What is that? You know, they say it's better to give than it is to receive. And, and Definitely. that's really evident after a day like yesterday. There's an initial amount of kind of tension or pain as people are deciding to give. Like there's... 
uh, for some more than others, but and it depends on the amount and what you're giving and all of those kinds of things. But there's often, as you're making that decision to give, there's a little bit of like, oh, I don't know, you know, mm. like, can I afford it? And, and then, uh, yes, often once you have decided to give, um, sometimes even if you give painfully, uh, you know, like you give an amount that's more than you were expecting or yeah. it's going to affect your life, you do experience this glow, you know, and, and it's related to a lot of good things for people and uh, it changes your values. It changes what you value in your life. So if you give some money to something, you're going to value that more. So if you give it to people, if you give it to a good cause like mm-hmm. that, you're going to feel more connected with people around you, more connected to that cause. And it also makes you feel more powerful. It makes you feel uh, strong. It makes you feel like you have uh, an effect on the world, mm. particularly when you give to something specific. Mm. So if I was just to give to the United Way, you know, that's good, but it's great not going to... Great cause. Great but, cause. But oh, not yeah. one particular... No, nothing yeah. against United Way. Mm-hmm. It's just... But if United Way put on a specific... Um, you know, kind of event yeah. or had a specific thing you could give to, and you could even potentially even connect with the person that you're giving to, mm-hmm. uh, that would be much more powerful too. Um, so if you can like knickers and kickers, I guess yeah. is, is, uh, something that maybe gives you a little bit of more of an idea of what you're doing to the city or what you're mm-hmm. doing for people. More specific. More we specific. know who we're helping. We're helping yeah. homeless people. And that's going to be more powerful for you mentally. Yeah. I've been promising that I'm going to call Bob Irving and surprise Bob, and we're going to do that right now. Let's give Bob a call and uh, get a surprise for Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. How's the bye week going? It's going well. What are you doing? What are you doing? I thought I'd bug you. No, it's okay. We're going to Canadian Tire. Oh, what are you buying there? I don't know. Ask Dave. She's sitting right here. We're buying stools if they have any. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob, seeing as how we don't have much football to talk about uh, this week, I thought I'd call you and see what you thought of A Star is Born. Well, we thought it was it was okay. Ooh. Just okay. Um, well, the performances were outstanding. Yeah. Uh, I thought Lady Gaga stole the show. Really? She was. Uh, I thought she was brilliant, and Bradley Cooper is really good too. It was. It was a little too long. Like it's two hours and twenty minutes, right? Um, I think you could have done, told that story in an hour and fifty minutes. Mm, I think you got to uh, get. I think you got to let a love story breathe, Bob. Oh, maybe. Yeah, okay, but it, so there were. It kind of dragged a little bit, but uh, um, it was very slow moving, but a lot of character development in there, and I get that, mm-hmm. but. Uh, so anyway, I guess uh, it, it it probably wasn't as good as I was led to believe it was in my oh. view, but it was very but it was very good. It and it was, was damn great. sad, damn sad too. Oh yeah. Hey, well, I got you. The Bombers aren't playing, but what are we hoping for with these games tonight and the rest of the weekend? Well, I'll be glued uh, tonight and and again tomorrow to the Saskatchewan Calgary game. The game tonight, the first one is the Eastern game, Hamilton at Ottawa. Doesn't matter to us. They're fighting for first in the East. Uh, but the one, the later game is is huge for the Bombers with uh, Edmonton at BC. Um, I don't know. I guess if BC wins, they clinch a playoff spot, which uh, that eliminates one possible spot for the Bombers. Then, right? Uh, but if Edmonton wins, it puts BC in a in a world of hurt. So, I don't know. I guess you you take your pick on that one tonight, and then tomorrow, Saskatchewan at Calgary. Hell. Uh, you know how the Bombers, if they won their last two in Saskatchewan, lost their last two, the Bombers could get second place and host a playoff game. Could, I say, depending on some other stuff, too. Um, 
So I don't know what to think of that one. Uh, Calgary's probably going to finish first. I think uh, most Bomber fans would prefer to see Calgary beat Saskatchewan because nobody here likes Saskatchewan. Yeah. So, but the, the late game tonight, the Edmonton at BC game, uh, I think that's the one that has the most impact on what the Bombers will do. Not the only impact, but the most impact. Or, as Coach O'Shea would say, Bob, doesn't matter. We got a week off. We got to beat Calgary and Edmonton. Period. <laughs> well, if they beat Calgary and Edmonton, it doesn't matter. Al, you're right. Um, although I think there's some sort of crazy. Uh, possibility whereby the Bombers could win their last two and still not make them. No, that's not right. That's not right. If they win their last two, they got 11 wins that make the playoffs. They can finish 10 and 8 and miss the playoffs, Hal. Uh, oh, but man. That, Don't uh, even put that out there, Bob. No, a lot of things would have to happen. There's just so many possibilities. It's really kind of cool. Uh, and after tonight, those possibilities will be reduced to some degree, but there will still be, still be lots of them out there. Well, Bob, I hope you're enjoying your bye week. Thanks a lot for doing this, having some fun with me. Before I let you go, though, a star is born. How many footballs out of five do you give it? I'd give it three and a half. Three and a half footballs out of five. Not bad. All right. Hey, Hal, i got to go to Canadian Tire. It's my favorite (laughs) store, you know. Go. Enjoy. Have fun stool shopping. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) There he is, right there, Bob Irving, on his way to Canadian Tire to buy stools. A star is born three and a half, three and a half footballs out of five. I gave it more than that. I would have said, well, I, I can't use Bob's footballs, but I gave it more like four and a half out of five. It was really good. I, I, I heard nothing but good things. Yeah, it was really good. Didn't sound like Bob was terribly impressed with it, but I thought it was, uh, I thought it was very, very, very good. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.